Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Queen of Calm podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. Well, I hope everyone's recovering from the time change, but soon enough, it'll be spring. And I'm so excited for you all to hear from the guests that I have coming up. You've been hearing from all of my wonderful guests from last season and this season so far, but I have so many more waiting for you all to hear from. So I'm so excited for these upcoming episodes to come out. And speaking of upcoming guests, if you're not following us already, follow us at Queen of Calm Podcast on Instagram and at Queen of Calm Pod on Twitter. There, I post all of my upcoming guest announcements, my listener questions of the week, as well as reels, fun posts, and more. So be sure to join us on both of those platforms. And as I've said before in other episodes, I'm getting better about updating the Twitter. So be sure to follow us there and retweet any new episodes to share with your network. As for last week's industry insights, we talked about Jack in the Box's McShammed campaign. And my question to you all for my listener question of the week was should companies target their competitors in their PR campaigns? And I'm happy to say that you all agreed with me by saying no, they shouldn't target their competitors. Because just in my opinion, I'm not sure how everyone else feels, but I don't think it's very effective to be targeting your competitors in a PR campaign geared towards a new product because you want people to be checking out your product or your business or your service because of the company and what you are putting out rather than just to spite another company. So I totally think that that tactic is very ineffective. And so I'm glad that we all agreed on that and um, know that we're done talking about the subject. And especially for something going back to that as nostalgic as a shamrock shake, I think that was not something to play with. But as for this week's industry insights, I don't really have anything specific to talk about this week because I think the subject matter of this episode, which is internal comms, is relevant enough. Um, I was checking out an interview on PR Week with the comms manager at Glassdoor the other day, and I thought it was so relevant to what we're talking about today. And a lot of the things that he brought up in his interview is similar to what my guest shares about internal comms. So be sure to check that out after you listen to this episode. But I'm so excited for you all to hear from my guest. She is so knowledgeable in the industry of internal comms, and she works for a company that I'm sure we all know and love after the past two years or beyond. Um, And I'm so glad to have her on to talk about internal comms, because I think this is such a big topic and industry that we're going to have to watch over this over the rest of this year, because there's just so much important work that's going on in relation to employee relations. And so I'm so glad that she came on the show to share her insights. So be sure to stay tuned for the interview. My next guest is the corporate communications manager at Zoom and hosts her own podcast, Ask Mige the Podcast. Please welcome Mige Gary to the podcast. Welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. Of course, thank you so much for coming on. So why don't we get started with how you first got interested in communications? Yeah, you know, growing up, my mom used to always joke and say <laughs> that I was so nosy, um, <laughs> you know, when when it came to like certain details and, and telling a story, like I had it down pat, right? And I, I had a unique way of telling stories about things that I had seen and heard, right? So if I can give you an example, um, you know, if you ride past a car accident, right? And you go home and you tell your mom like, oh, I saw a car accident. And she says, you know, well, what happened? And you say, oh, well, it looks like maybe someone got rear-ended, you know, they press some brakes really you know hard and then the police came if you ask me what happened in the car accident <laughs> I'm going to tell you the precise second the moment I'm going to tell you what the folks were wearing I'm going to tell you what they said I'm going to tell you how they said it I'm going to mock them um and, and I'm going to go into detail about you know that that specific car accident so I just have a very unique way of of storytelling and I love um yeah I, I love creative storytelling that that's that's been my thing and so that was 
that's what kind of prompted me to get my degree in communications. Yeah. That's awesome. And yeah, I love how everyone in communications has such a common thread of loving storytelling and, you know, being in, you know, that very personable manner. I love how we all have that common thread between us. Yes, totally. So you mentioned getting your degree in communications. So what was your time in college like and how did that shape your career path? Yeah, great question. You know, well, I was at, so I got my degree at an HBCU called North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. Um, and there I was really devoted to um, getting involved into organizations within my major. Um, so one thing I did was I was a copywriter for our A&T Register, which is the newspaper at our school. So it was really fun because I love to write, again, the storytelling uh, piece. Um, and I love telling stories about uh, what students were doing on campus that was impactful. So that was really fun for me. Um, secondly, I was also the copy editor for our yearbook. <laughs> so that was really fun. Again, kind of going back to this idea of storytelling, you know, telling the stories about, you know, what happened throughout the year and then being able to go back um, and see that kind of compiled into a yearbook was was um, was awesome for me, you know, again, in, tell in telling stories. And I, I love writing. And, and I was really proud of having my name on the yearbook, right? So when you go and purchase a yearbook for my college, you know, I'm there as the copy editor. So that was really fun. And then we had an organization at our on our campus called the National Association of Black Journalists, um, NABJ, the chapter at ANT. And so there I was the vice president of print. Again, so going back to this idea of storytelling, um, creative storytelling, writing, and then teaching others the fundamentals of writing. And so I think that really propelled me into my career because I had a really, really, really strong foundation for writing. Um, for communications and then for storytelling. And so uh, my time there, yeah, really, really helped me to um, know what the real world would expect, like, you know, what it what it took to be, you know, in communications in the corporate America space. Yes, those activities on campus are so important, you know, in journeys for, you know, communications professionals in the future. And I feel like some, you know, freshmen sometimes are so timid to get involved straight ahead, but it's so important to get involved, you know, early on for listeners listening to this. So that was great that you shared your experiences in those journalism clubs. I studied PR and journalism in college as well, and I love seeing my name on the newspaper and everything as well. It is so cool to see your work out there. And I feel like on the PR side too, to know what everyone's doing on campus, like it was kind of similar to what we're doing now, like knowing what's going on and keeping track of news. So definitely a lot of great experiences there. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. So post-college, I want to talk a bit about your career journey because you have some really amazing experiences. So can you talk a bit about your career journey? Yeah, so, you know, graduating after I graduated my with my undergrad, you know, my dream was always to go and get my master's. Um, and so I did I did my undergrad in, in, um, in journalism and com communications and then I did my graduate degree um, in PR and so in PR and corporate communications. And so I really wanted to kind of get both sides of the spectrum. Right. Because one of the most vital relationships in communications is the journalist and the pub uh, the publicist. Um, and so I really wanted to kind of see both sides of the spectrum, like what it what it looked like to be a journalist and then what it looked like to be in PR and the communications. Um, and so great experience for me, like definitely one of my you know most proud, proudest moments was obtaining my master's degree. Um, and then from there, you know, I, I did so much. So I have I have straight into, you know, a communications role. Um, and I was fortunate enough to work at University of Maryland as a communication specialist. Um, and then from there, I went to a digital marketing agency where I did some PR work there, a little bit of PR, a little bit of comms, a little bit of um, some web stuff. Um, and then from there, I went to Microsoft, again, another communications manager, and then I, I ended up at Zoom now. Um, so I will say, I think um, 
the the biggest takeaway, and I've, I've done some freelance work as well. I worked with a, a fintech startup called uh, Fintron, um, and it's all about um, teaching young folks how to invest. And so I did some PR work uh, with them too. But I think um, without going too much into my experience, I think the one thing that I really, the biggest thing that I took away from um, all of my experiences is really finding my niche um, because I did so much, right? And communications is consistent, but it's also different, right? And it's unique um, and relative to the industry that you're in and the specific niche that you're in, right? Because when you think of comms, there's PR, there's journalism, there's internal comms, there's external comms, there's social media comms, there's executive comms, like, there's communications consulting in it. I, like, there's a whole bunch of things that you can do um, within the communications umbrella. And so I think the biggest thing for me was really being able to find my niche um, because I've done, you know, a variety of things under that, you know, communications umbrella. And it kind of led me to where I am at Zoom. Um, and here I would, I would like to say that I'm a people solver. Um, so I love, love, love uh, problem, uh, excuse me, solving problems for our people, for our employees. And so I'm an internal comms girl. Like, I think that's my thing. I think, you know, I found my niche with that. So yeah, with all my experience, I was able to kind of find my true passion and my true niche. Yeah. And, and, and experience a lot of different things too. That's awesome. And I loved how you touched on that point of finding your niche, because that is so important to, you know, have that as you're going through your career journey. And I feel like, as you were saying, too, like it's in every industry. So if you have like an outside interest from communications, you could combine that if you're into sports. And I think that's just so cool about what we do is that we're able to, you know, combine so many things together. And I also loved how you mentioned that, you know, PR relationship with journalists, because that is so important as well honing in on those AP style, you know, notes and, you know, knowing what they look for, even with the podcast and like, you know, dealing with, you know, people sending me pitches and seeing it from the other side. I feel like that's so cool to be able to see, you know, what, you know, they could look for, because sometimes I feel like we're like just sending an email out into the void. We don't know what we're going to get back. So I feel like that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you work at zoom, which I think is so cool. It's literally been my best friend for the past two years, which I think it's been everyone's best friend for the past two years. And so what has that experience been like for you to work at Zoom and craft this internal messaging for employees who have been keeping everyone afloat during the pandemic? Yeah, you know, working at Zoom is so much fun. <laughs> it really is amazing. You know, like when I when I tell people, you know, that I work at Zoom and I see the excitement, like I am just as excited as you are, you know, because like you said, Zoom has been your best friend. Same here, you know, even with working there, you know, Zoom has still been my best friend. And it's such an exciting time, you know, to work for a company whose mission is to deliver happiness and help people stay connected in unprecedented times. Um, and so to know how much the world relies, you know, on our technology is exhilarating, you know. Um, and, you know, my job, I think, you know, I've made it my mission be because I think the world relies on us so much, right? There's a, there's a sense of pressure, right? Like we are, it's always busy. You know, there's always things going on. Like there's, they always say there's never a dull moment, moment as and there's no shortage of work. Um, and so with that, right, I think sometimes we can get so carried away in doing for the world, um, you know, that sometimes we can lack what we do for our own people. And so that's my mission at Zoom is to take care of our people, is to be a people solver, solver um, is to kind of uh, pour back into our people who are pouring into our world to help them stay connected. And so it's been an incredible, incredible time. 
I love that mission because I feel like that is so important nowadays because, you know, there's so much to consider now in the workplace and having to, you know, worry about all these different considerations and the great resignation, which we'll get into. But, um, you know, I wanted to ask you, you know, how has internal comms from your perspective changed over the past year just from an industry side? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, uh, this, this will be a bold statement to say, but I think that, you know, the way internal comms has changed, a lot of companies are moving toward a tech mindset right? Because everybody is remote. Um, everybody's at home. And so from an internal comms perspective, we are trying to figure out how to keep in, uh, employees engaged while they're at home, right? So there isn't that water cooler chat anymore. There isn't that like, you know, walking uh, walking by your desk and, you know, talking about our weekends or, you know, hugging that that coworker that, you know, you're, you're super cool with or heading out for drinks after work, right? So how do we bring those experiences, right? Like, how do we still leverage those experiences, even though we're not in the workplace? And so in order to do that, we need what? Technology. And so you see these companies, whether it be media companies, journalist companies, uh, journalism companies, um, moving toward kind of that tech mindset, because we have to implement these new um, advances, the new, these new innovations, these new systems in order to engage employees and connect employees while they're at home, right? While they're remote, because we don't have that human to human interaction. So I think that's the biggest thing about internal comms right now is how to pivot um, and, and use technology in, in, in that regard. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I was just having a conversation the other day too, because I work fully remote and I use Zoom all the time. And I was just talking about how it's so crazy how like back in the day, people used to use like conference calls and now we're like getting to be able to see each other face to face and like make that connection. And especially like working for your PR agency, like it's so important to make that connection with a client. So I just think it's so cool how you mentioned that uh, aspect of like the water cooler talk, because I feel like I'm always trying to like bridge a gap between the people I work with, like someone's in Florida, someone's in California, like what's the weather like there? I feel like it's so, um, you know, great to foster that connection with your fellow employees. And so yeah, it's great, great that point. Zoom's doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And don't don't get me started on time zones, right? Because everybody <laughs> is everywhere. So yeah, it's, it's all about keeping our employees engaged and connected. So from an overall perspective, what do you think are like the main factors that companies should consider when setting their tone for their internal comms? Yeah, yeah. Hmm, let's see, setting the tone for internal comms. I think the first thing is people first like people first, like that's like the first and like the biggest thing is really about people first, right? Like, so internal comms, it's all about liaisoning, you know, essentially from the company with the company and then its employees. And so I think the biggest thing, you know, to think about when sending out messages is always keeping your people first. You know, how can we serve our people better? How can we make their experience, you know, in the workplace virtually, of course, better? You know, how do we, again, how do we keep our employees connected and engaged um, when we're sending messages? Like, how does this message come off to an employee um, instead of kind of thinking it from, you know, a leader's perspective or a comms kind of perspective, but more so like people first, like always thinking about our employees first um, and how something that we're doing, we're planning, we're launching, we're communicating, how that um, will resonate with them, how that will benefit them. Um, so I think that's, that. I would say, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing for me is, is really keeping our people first. And then of course you have, you know, all the things that go into comms, so your goals, your audiences, your messages, all those good things. But when, when you put people first, then it kind of guides everything else, right? It guides the strategy, it guides how you craft and tailor your message to your employees. Um, so really putting people first and then, um, 
also is when you when you're you know taking in feedback again so people first right like so when you are crafting and tailoring those messages how are we solving a problem um for again our people for our employees so i would say i think that's the biggest thing for me um before we get into comm strategy before we get into writing and, and and channels and all those good things i think it's really about people first Oh yeah, it's definitely important. And I love how you mentioned that factor of the feedback as well, because I feel like employees, you know, you have to be, you know, hyper-focused on what they're thinking and are they leaving the company? Like, how can I make them happy? And, you know, so bring that, that feedback factor too, because I feel like sometimes, you know, you suggest like, maybe we should do like a program on this or professional development and people notice they're really noticing, you know, what's going on within their companies. And that brings me back to that great resignation topic. So, you know, with, you know, so much emphasis put on what companies are messaging to their employees, how can companies, you know, fix that language? What language should they be using uh, amid the great resignation to keep their employees happy? Yeah, this is a, this is a good one. I think, you know, when it comes to, when we think about the great resignation, right, I think we should turn to, of course, you know, we really want to think about, you know, retaining, right, like retaining our employees and keeping them here. But I also think that there should be a big focus on um, acquiring talent, right? So when we acquire talent, how are we setting up that positive kind of long lasting relationship so that we're not kind of dealing with attrition later on? Um, And so, those are those are the two biggest areas I would say is one retainment and then and then second is is acquiring. But when I think about acquiring again, going back to that relationship, it nowadays it really has to be mutual, right? So you know we come from you know I would say like growing up and then thinking about our parents, you know growing up, it was always about like what can you do for us, like how can you be an asset to our company. But now you know with with millennials, we have like truly flipped that conversation and we're challenging you know, all those traditions, all those norms, all the things that we've learned, you know, from our parents. And now it's not just what can you do for us, but now the millennial is asking, what can you do for me? What salary can you provide for me? What does your DEI at your company look like? What does your culture look like? So now I think it's more of a mutually beneficial um, kind of relationship versus a company just asking us, what can you do for us? So I think that's the first thing when it comes to, you know, acquiring talent is really ensuring that there's a mutual, benef- uh, mutually beneficial relationship and that you're both kind of talking about what, what you can do for the other party. I think that's, 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 that's what I mean when it comes to acquiring. And then retaining is going back to what I was talking about when I said feedback. So really, really honing in, like there should be an, a, a great amount of feedback tools um, that you are implementing in, in an internal communications um, arena at your, at your, uh, in your job or in your role um, or at your company. I think that was what I was trying to say. But feedback is so important. And I think it's so important for two reasons. One, when you have feedback systems in place, it gives employees a voice. It gives employees a voice um, and Um, what's the word I'm looking for, I guess, an outlet to share how they feel. Um, And so I think that's one of the biggest uh, issues that we kind of come across is, you know, if we are dealing with workload or if we are dealing with burnout, sometimes those are not the biggest issues. Sometimes the biggest issue is that employees don't have an outlet to tell you that they're dealing with, you know, um, work overload or, or burnout. So I think that's the first thing is allowing, you know, employees to feel empowered you know, to use their voice. So I think that's the first thing. And second thing, when it comes to feedback, um, it's just the fact that once they are empowered to use their voice and they feel 
um, yeah, once they are empowered to feel their voice and they feel comfortable enough to do that, safe enough to do that, do that, then we can take that authentic feedback and create, you know, new things, new solutions, new programs, innovations um, to kind of combat what what our employees are, are are dealing with. So yeah, I would say feedback or excuse me, acquiring and then retaining are the biggest things when it comes to I guess you know kind of the great resignation um, challenge. Oh, definitely. And I feel like I would take, you know, five minutes out of my day to do a survey or something just to make my voice heard as an employee. And I think especially in this like remote arena that we're in, you know, people feel like they're being left out at home. Like, what about me? Especially if, you know, the company's based out of the area they're in and they're missing out on that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think that's so definitely important what you shared. And also like the abundance of, you know, glass doors and those sort of things where people can put their feelings about the company right out there for, you know, potential employer, uh, potential employees, I should say. It's just so important to foster that relationship. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and the thing about feedback is, when you kind of foster that internally, then, you know, it empowers them to, to, to promote positive external messaging. So like you said, glass door. So if you feel safe and comfortable at work, they're going to share that externally as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I've seen so many posts on LinkedIn, people being like, I love working for this company. And that's definitely, you know, what people want to see when they're working for yeah. a company that you do at Zoom, when you see someone saying they love working for Zoom. And, you know, I feel like people, even who aren't in our industry that, you know, see from afar, that adds to like the overall PR campaign of, oh, well, they're doing great things for their employees. Maybe I should buy their product or I should, you know, join their membership, something like that. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, talking about making those, you know, big decisions within comms and like trying to retain employees and, you know, getting new, new employees, um, you also do some communications advising within your role. So what is that process like within a company? Yeah, yeah. So that's an exciting part of my role. Like, I, I love that because I am at the onset of ideas, right? So like when, you know, my teams, my leaders are coming up with these super fun, creative, innovative ideas, I'm the first to hear about it. So that's always cool. Like I'm kind of getting like the inside scoop. Like I got some, we got some exciting things coming. <laughs> that I can't, I can't share with you just yet, but they're coming. Um, so that's always exciting. But I think, um, communications advising is uh like i said it's really fun and it's it's how can i describe it so it's one of those things where like i said i'm, I'm kind of at the onset of ideas so it's when our leaders kind of bring me things that they want to do things that they want to implement things that they want to change and then i kind of ask those questions to shape that idea right so we come with this idea and then it, it's all over the place if you think of like pottery right so <laughs> i'm the person who like helps you to design to shape, to kind of really mold whatever it is that, that you're creating. And I think that's the fun part because I'm able to see it from the beginning till you know, we launch and we roll it out and then we see how employees kind of react to it. Um, and so that's been, that's been really fun. Um, and I, I love being in my role, I'm the liaison, right? Between leaders or our company and then, then our employees. And so it's really fun to kind of see again, you know, something start and then, you know, we end up rolling it out and, you know, we see how employees react to it. Um, and like I said, just being that liaison is, is really powerful for me because not only am I the voice of leaders, but I'm also the voice of the employees, right? So I'm coming back and saying, well, you know, our employees may not like this, or they may like this, or this may work a little bit better. So being able to be that liaison and getting kind of both sides of the story 
um, helps me to again craft, you know, and and tailor whatever it is that 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 they're working on or trying to launch. So that advising piece is it's a very I would say powerful position to be in because folks look at you as the advisor. You know, they come to you for guidance. They come to you to you know, ensure that whatever it is that they're doing, it's going to work well for employees that, you know, they trust you. And so, yeah, I, I really love it. It's definitely a tough role, but um, like I said, very powerful, very satisfying um, to be kind of that liaison. That's such an interesting perspective, you know, being in the middle, I never thought about it that way of, you know, having that perspective of the employees and the executives, because I feel like both groups are thinking, what's the other group thinking? What are they thinking? So that's so interesting that you get to do that role. And, you know, definitely, I think, you know, executives, something that we go through in communications all the time is, you know, making our work in communications, you know, translate to an executive level. So that's so cool that you're also able to, you know, kind of be in the middle that way and, you know, tell them what you're working on and how to make it into a lens that can fit, you know, for messaging for employees. So I just think that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. It's really fun. Stressful sometimes, but fun. (laughs) And so talking about like the tech industry as a whole. So as we were talking about before, you know, PR is everywhere. It's in so many different industries. I mean, we were talking about, you know, getting our interests involved, you know, everywhere. So but as you were saying before, you know, it definitely differs, you know, whether you're working in different industries and the type of things that you're working on. So in tech PR, how does how did that differ from any other type of PR? And how is it unique? Yeah, and you know, it's, 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 um, it's, it's kind of crazy, because I think now that I think of my career, you know, a lot of my roles have been in tech. Maybe I just like, <laughs> love tech. Like, I, I think I just love how technology just like advances the world. Like, I think it's so cool. Um, but I would say I think tech or PR communications and tech is different because, um, how can I say this in a nice way? I think <laughs> that a lot of, when you get into tech, right, like comms and marketing PR is very undervalued. It's very underestimated, right? So even when you think of, you know, we see, you know, the social rise of like women in tech and, you know, these different people in tech, right? You don't think communications. When you think women in tech or you see, you know, other people talking about women in tech, they're typically either leaders or engineers, right? Like you, or maybe like product people, you know, but you don't hear, like when you think women in tech, like communications and marketing, it's not the first thing that comes to mind. And I think because there's just not a lot of I don't, I wouldn't even say representation. Like, I just don't think there's enough uh, light that shed on, you know, communications and marketing within technology. But I love that because, you know, it's one of those things where you can kind of turn it around um, because, because it is so underestimated and so undervalued. It's like, let me show you what we can do. And the thing about it is another bold statement is like, Tech is great, but no one is going to know about how amazing this tech is if we don't communicate it, if your marketers don't tell your customers. Because most people in tech, when you think of, again, like those engineers, those product people, that's all they know. It's product and tech and engineering. Like they're, they're, they're more so focused on, yeah, the product piece versus, you know, communications and marketing people. We, we have to be focused on the product and how we communicate it. Um, and, and so I think it's one of those things where um, we, you know, sometimes we have to work harder, you know, in, in communications uh, and, and marketing within a tech company because, you know, sometimes we can be undervalued and underestimated and a lot of folks don't see, you know, to the true value in, in, in communications and marketing and how much we contribute to technology advancing the world. Um, so it's like you can create this great product, but if no one knows about it, how the heck is it going to, you know, <laughs> make somebody's life better? <laughs> so you need marketers, you need 
you know, commu uh, communicators, you need publicists, publicists and all those good things to share your story and to tell people about the product. So I think it's it's a it's a it's kind of bittersweet, right? Because you know that sometimes you can be undervalued and underestimated, but then on the other side, it's like you know, once I show you what we can do, then that kind of builds that trust, right? With you know, people in tech around me. So yeah. Yeah, that's such important work that you and other women in the industry are doing because, you know, they are so numbers focused and really, like you were saying, more on the product and have that. But, you know, PR is so valuable to, you know, what they're doing in tech, like you were saying. And so that's so important that you're able to be a role model for other women who want to get into the tech industry. And I feel like there are some, you know, women out there who are like, well, I'm not really into like the engineering stuff, but I would like to work in tech. So that is like so cool. Like we're going back to talking about, you know, PR and all these different industries and your interests. And that's another way to, you know, get your foot in the door and you know work in the industry so i just think that's such admirable work that you're doing to you know yeah. be a role model for role model for these other women um, yeah. who want to join the tech industry in pr yeah thank you yeah and i think it's so important for people to know like you don't have to be an engineer or <laughs> you know a project manager or a product person like there's so many different other things that you can do you know within the tech industry and it's so important for us to tell that story Definitely. And yeah, I feel, I feel like so many times, you know, people are like, oh my God, like, you know, tech, it's so like scary. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, you know, work in that and how does PR fit? So um, it's just so great to hear about that work that, you know, you and other women are doing. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. So you also have a podcast. And so can you talk a bit about that and what inspired you to start the show and what your show is about? Yeah, my podcast is like my child. Like, I know you probably can relate to that. Like, that's my baby, you know, being able to say that, you know, this is something that I created, you know, I have full creative control um, is just amazing to me. Um, so my podcast is called Ask Maj the Podcast. Um, and it's all about exploring relationships, dating, career, pop culture, all those good things as a millennial Black girl. And so, you know, I created my podcast, you know, one, because, you know, I, I wanted to use my platform, you know, wanted to create a platform and use my voice on that platform to simply inspire people. You know, on the podcast, you know, I share, you know, a lot of inspirational advice. So one segment is called uh, the Maj Moment, and it's where I tell a story and then, you know, I, I tell what I learned from that and kind of encourage, you know, my, my listeners. And so, yeah, it's, it was really just to inspire women, you know, just to inspire women because we all have the same questions, you know, about relationships, dating, career. Then we also toss in like, who got married this week? Who got divorced <laughs> this week? Like, you know, the whole nine. And so I wanted to use that kind of like inspiration piece with that like social trends piece with that like funny kind of piece. Um, and I will say, I think it really started because I am the friend in the friend group that like everybody comes to me for advice. So like when I say one day I'm on the phone talking about like salary negotiations, the next day I'm on the phone talking about how my friend and her boyfriend can like stop arguing. The next day I'm on the phone talking about like if you should apply for that job or not, like the whole nine, you know, when it comes to my friend group. And so that was really kind of the motivation behind starting it. And that's where Ask Maj came from, because I felt like I was always kind of that, you know, advice guru, you know, in, in, in my friend group. So yeah, it's, it's been an amazing journey. I, I did take a break for a while because I was focusing on some other things. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's my baby. <laughs> Yeah, I can definitely relate this podcast to my baby too. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and and I love what your podcast is about. And I feel like we have similar missions. I just feel like there's so much potential for women to be listening to podcasts and learn from other women and 
for us to be to be kind of like big sisters to our listeners and like sharing our advice and that's why I love having women on the show like yourself to you know share their experiences communications because like we're talking about that role model factor like there's so many opportunities for mentorship out there and so it's always you know great to be able to you know share advice and everything so I love that mission that you have and I also it also sounds so fun so everyone after you're done listening to this episode go check out her podcast (laughs) oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) And so speaking of advice, what advice do you have for college students or recent graduates who want to get into an internal comms career? First, I'll say is while you're in college, really get involved, like really, really, really get involved in your major, join the organizations, you know, uh, network with your professors, build relationships with your professors, you know, network with with your peers, exchange numbers, do lunch dates, maybe at the calf because we were broke in college. <laughs> but, um, you know, like really get involved, like really, really, really immerse yourself into your major, you know, and, and it really pays off, you know, in the end because you you create those connections and they never go away. They're, they're forever. You know, they last forever. Like I I still have professors, you know, I can, I can text now and just say, hey, how's it going? You know, or, you know, they're, they're reaching out to me for, you know, different opportunities and, and stuff like that. So, really, really, really immerse yourself into your major. Secondly, I would say is research. Research, 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 research. Like there's so much to know about the communications field, right? Like about the communications industry. So like do your research. Like I, I Google everything. So like Google everything, research, 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 and really like, you know, in while you're in that kind of figure out what your passions are. So I guess that's the third thing. Third thing is, um, I wouldn't even say discover your passions, but really just explore, explore your passions. And I think that's, that comes from, you know, when you immerse yourself into your field, um, into your major, you know, when you begin to research, kind of figure out what you like, what you don't like, what sounds appealing to you, what you think you'd be good at. So if you're like looking up a job description, it's like a social media manager, you're like, oh my God, I could do this, you know? So kind of explore, you know, what you like and what you want to do. And then last thing I would say is take your time, like take your time. Like, you know, we live in this generation where everybody has to be, you know, a CEO by 25. Everybody (laughs) has to be the director of comms by 28. Like take your time, forget the timestamps, like really take your time to like explore your passions, get into your field, figure out what you like and what you don't like. And I'm really big on, you know, process of elimination. So if I get into something, you know, and I don't like it, I don't see it as, as a loss. It's just like, okay, I figured out I can check this off the list, right? So if I create five of my passions, create a list of five of my passions and I try PR to tech firm and I don't like it, okay, well, I can cross that off the list. So now there's four other things I can choose from. So really, really, really take your time. So those, those are the things I would say. I would say get involved, get immersed in your program. Um, secondly is research, research, research. Thirdly, explore your passions. And then fourth, take your time. That is some awesome advice you just shared. And I totally agree with everything you just said. And yeah, especially going back to that like networking factor, I feel like I sat in classes with like the same group of like 20 people and I see them on LinkedIn. They're all at different companies. I'm like, wow, these are great connections to have for the future. Like even like people in journalism, like I can reach out to them with a pitch potentially one day and stuff like that. And like the professors, like you were saying, everyone's so helpful. So um, I really enjoyed all of that advice you just shared for listeners. Absolutely. Thank you. So I also wanted to ask you, you know, we're almost midway into 2022, but are there any trends that you see on the horizon for the rest of the year? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm seeing this remote thing and, you know, I feel like it's like going back and forth, you know, it's like, maybe we're moving toward a fully remote, but then I see folks like doing his hybrid thing. So like, you know, maybe we're going back into the office, but I think, you know, from that, you know, I'm seeing a lot more freedom, 
um, because, you know, when we look at the resignation, the great resignation, when we look at, you know, remote versus hybrid versus back in the office, and then we look at, you know, how much millennials challenge everything, <laughs> question everything, you know, and, and kind of going back to what I was talking about, you know, with the mutually beneficial relationship, you know, in the interview kind of acquiring talent process, um, I think there's a lot more freedom. You know, I was watching this, I think it was like a TikTok the other day. Um, and this, this girl, she was like on vacation. And so she's the TikTok was about how she has unlimited PTO. Um, and so she made a list. She's like, you know, this is really good for, you know, self-care and, you know, uh, companies who value you and, and things like that. So then she created like a list of companies that have unlimited PTO. So I think now, you know, we're getting in the space where companies are providing a lot more freedom for their employees. And I think that goes back to what I was saying about, you know, listening to what employees are saying, um, you know, taking that feedback and then creating new solutions. And then also, I think obviously there's a competition, right? Like all the companies are like competing with each other. Of like, how can we keep, you know, our employees? Because then there's this thing of like, you know, folks aren't leaving just because like folks are leaving, like going to Google, going to, you know, Facebook or wherever, because either the benefits are better, the role is better, the salary is better. So I think internally, you know, you know, we, we are considering kind of feedback of the employees, but then I think, you know, there's this competition of like, who has the best of the best, you know, to make employees stay, you know, to retain employees. So I think there's this like rise of freedom of like really, um, you know, allowing employees to um, uh, have freedom at work, you know, to ha have freedom at work. So yeah, I would say that. Definitely. I totally agree with you. This job that I have is my first job out of college. And I was just talking about this the other day with someone, how like, I couldn't imagine like working in an office, like what's that dynamic? Like, like, it's so crazy that like, I don't have any reference for that. So, and I feel like I'm more productive. Like sometimes I'll do a task and I'm like, I don't, I couldn't imagine what that would be like if we work like nine to five, like in an office. So definitely that freedom factor, I totally agree with, because I feel like it's like the day segment seg segmented out better to like, oh, I'll work on this for half an hour and this, and like, you don't have to be in like a work environment. I just think that's, it totally agree with that. Totally. And you know, that's, that's good that you mentioned that because again, going back to the idea of freedom is like, you know, companies are giving employees choices, right? Like, you know, if you want to come in two, three days a week, sure. If you want to be remote, sure. You know, if you want to work, like you said, kind of have those, you know, set hours, sure. So we have a lot more freedom to make our own choices. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it feels like if you have a doctor's appointment, like you don't have to be afraid to ask, like I have a doctor's yep. appointment, you can just go and come back. Like, I feel like there's so many changes that are for the better. And that plays into what we were talking about before with like the great resignation and making sure everyone's happy. So um, I definitely agree with you with all of that. Totally, totally. So I have one final question for you. And it's something that I asked all my guests. And this is an inspiration to Sophia Amoruso, who coined the term girl boss, and she made an empire out of it. So I love to end the episode with asking my guests about a woman who inspires them, or it can be more than one. So Maja, who is your favorite girl boss? Oh, uh, that's such a <laughs> tough question, because all of them, um, you know, I, I, uh, I this is so tough. Um, and I feel like I should probably pick someone who's like in my, you know, field or something <laughs> like that. But there's like so freaking many. Like, I don't, I don't. Okay, so I, let's do this. I'll pick one outside of my career and then maybe one inside my career. Okay. Um. So this sounds so cliche, but Beyonce is my girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love, 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 love Beyonce. And of course, like, I know every word to the songs, like a huge fan of her music, but I truly love how... Um, Beyonce approaches her craft, like how dedicated she is, you know, to approaching her craft, building her empire, 
you know, but then she's also very much so devoted to her family, you know, so having that balance, like, I mean, she's, uh, from what I see, obviously, I don't know her, I'd love to know her, but (laughs) from what I see, you know, she's truly the epitome of, you know, a girl boss. And I mean, outside of, you know, the fame and the billionaire status and all that stuff, but I mean, just her, from what we see as a, you know, just as a person, as a woman who, you know, is chasing her dreams, you know, has made it to, you know, the, the pinnacle of her career, you know, she's just truly embodies like being a girl boss. And then, you know, on top of that, you know, she's, she's, you know, once she's kind of reached that, then she's like reaching back and she's supporting black businesses and she's, you know, shouting out all these women and, you know, just then when you look at like Ivy Park, she's bringing in all these women to like, I mean, just reaching, I mean, her career has just been so inspiring, just like working to getting, you know, where she is nonstop, being dedicated to her craft, empowering other women, always having a positive message, being a family woman, raising her kids, a great wife, just a great example, a great positive representation of Girl Boss. So I would say her outside of my career. And then I think, oh, there's so many, goodness. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I want to say someone in communications. Um, uh, this is so tough. So, so, so tough. <laughs> so many great women. And while you're thinking, I do want to say Beyonce is a great example of a girl boss. <laughs> I love Beyonce and she's, it's totally fitting for the podcast. Queen B, queen of calm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love I, it. And I love seeing like, you were talking about all her different brands come together and like, she's always pivoting into something new. And like you said, like her giving out the helping hand to people, like, like always helping out with their brands and what they're doing and sharing her influence, I think is so important. So yeah, she's definitely a girl boss. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there is a journalist. Her name is Gia Peppers. Um, and I, I really love her because of her message and her message has always been consistent. And I think that everything she does um, is to empower other women. Like she's an advocate for women um, and all of her messaging, anything that she gets that is, you know, that kind of gives her creative control, you know, over whatever outlet it is. It's always about women, just sharing about empowering women, uplifting women, advocating for women. Um, and I love that because I'm I'm so inspired by women who choose to use their platform and their voice, you know, because, you know, that's what we do in communications is tell stories, um, but, but truly using their platform and their voice, you know, to be an advocate for women. Like I am like girl power, hundred percent, like girls run the world. Like that's me. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm inspired by women who kind of have that same mission is to just, you know, empower women, um, to advocate for women. And so I, I really love, love her and she's just fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say this every single time I ask this question, but I always have to go look someone up right after the recording. So I'm definitely going to go look her up and follow yes. her online and LinkedIn and everything, because I, I love that mission as well. Female empowerment. We truly need these role models in the industry and outside of the industry to look up to, like we we're talking about before. And I just think it's so important to, you know, advocate for ourselves and, you know, have these spaces where we can talk about our experiences and journeys. So that is so important important. So I'll definitely have to go look her up after this. Yes, please do. I think you'll love her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Maja, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was awesome. And can you tell listeners where they can find your podcast? Oh, yes. Okay. So you can find me at Ask Maj the podcast. That is the Instagram on all platforms. Um, Twitter, Instagram, and I believe in Facebook. Yes. Ask Maj the podcast. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode? Head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Want to drop us a line? Click the link in our Instagram bio to leave us a voicemail. And who knows, it might even end up on the show. 
See you next week for more tips and tricks of the trade.